Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Cassie. When I was at VMX, I had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Jonathan Townsend, who's both an ABVP board-certified veterinarian and a member of the NAVC board. I'm very excited to bring you guys this podcast episode because in it, we talk about the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners, or ABVP. I've personally considered board certification, and it seems there's quite a bit to the credentialing process, so I was happy to be able to discuss it with Dr. Townsend and pick his brain about it a little bit. The American Board of Veterinary Practitioners is one of more than 20 veterinary specialty organizations and itself comprises 11 distinct specialties. As I mentioned, in this podcast, I talk with Dr. Townsend, who's ABVP board certified in dairy practice. And we're going to discuss topics such as how to become board certified, why to become board certified, the impact board certification has on someone as an individual practitioner, as well as discussing a vet folio course on the ABVP credentialing process. Dr. Townsend is an assistant clinical professor of dairy production medicine at Purdue University. He grew up on a small dairy farm in Maine and earned his bachelor's degree from the University of Maine before attending vet school at Auburn University. After working for several years as a private practitioner in New York, he completed a residency in dairy production medicine at Purdue University. Afterward, he went on to pursue graduate work in the Department of Animal Sciences, also at Purdue, where he earned his Ph.D., and during this time and following completion of his Ph.D., he worked as a technical services dairy nutritionist in Michigan. Man, Maine, Alabama, New York, Michigan, Indiana, he's well-traveled and has lots of letters behind his name. Currently, he's involved in teaching, clinical service, and extension throughout the state of Indiana. And of course, as we mentioned, he's a member of the NAVC's board of directors. Dr. Townsend, I'm so excited to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great to be here. Ah, we're so glad that you are. So first of all, can we talk about dairy practice? Um, I tracked mixed animal in school. I spent pretty much all of my externship uh, time on dairy farms. My advisor was a dairy science guy. It's just near and dear to my heart and especially talking to somebody who's from the Midwest, not too far from where I'm from. So just excited to be talking to you. You bet. No, I'm excited too. I'm always excited to talk about dairy medicine and dairy practice. That's what really gets me, gets me going. I did mixed animal practice when I was in private practice, but mostly dairy. And I just think the the dairy cow is an incredible cow and she makes us look good and she produces great food. So I'm excited to work with her as part of both taking care of animals and also helping to provide food for, for people around the world. So dairy cows are fun. They are. They are. I love dairy cows. Okay, so just jumping into it, uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with ABVP, let's just first touch on what it is. As we talked about in the intro, it is an AVMA-recognized veterinary specialty organization, but can you tell us a little bit more about the American uh, Board of Veterinary Practitioners? So the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners is a specialty organization. I think we, we set ourselves apart from most specialties within veterinary medicine is that we're a species-oriented specialty. Whereas most specialties are more of discipline uh, specialists. So they're oriented to being an ophthalmologist or a dermatologist or a surgeon. Whereas in ABVP, we're concentrating on being the best we can be and specializing in a species. So I specialize in dairy practice. I have other folks that are specializing in swine practice and canine feline practice, avian practice. So we, we focus on the, the species, on the animal rather than the discipline. And then we're trying to be as good as we can be in that species. So we, in addition to knowing medicine, we also know surgery, you know, management of those species. So it's, it's just really getting in depth within that species rather than, than the discipline. I, before we had this conversation, I really never thought about it from that perspective, but that makes a lot of sense to, instead of knowing everything about one part of the body, 
uh, in a multitude of species instead of focusing on one species specifically. So that's a really good way of, of explaining it and what it is. Exactly. And I think we're, we got our start is that we're focused on the practitioner. So we're focused on the, the, being the general practitioner, trying to demonstrate that they have a certain level of excellence that they want to attain. And so that's their, uh, by going through ABVP, they're able to demonstrate that excellence. And so we're really focused on the general practitioner trying to become as good as they can be. Um, so that's, I think, where we set ourselves apart is where, again, we're, we're focused on the general practitioner. Um, and that's our major route is the general practitioner becoming ABVP boarded and becoming ABVP diplomate rather than going through a residency. Right. That that makes sense. And that would be helpful for either those of us who, you know, just are not in a position where we can go through a residency or you know, we really like being general practitioners and don't necessarily want to change that around. But to be the best general practitioner that we can be, I think to have that option available, we're, we're really lucky to have that available. Exactly. We, we are, we provide opportunities for residencies, but again, our, our general practice, our general route to, to obtain the diplomat status is through the general practitioner, through the you know, general practice, uh, private practice, primarily. That's really where our focus is. That's always been our focus and hopefully always will be our focus. Good, good, good. That's fantastic. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about your path personally to becoming a diplomat? What led you to want to be to pursue board certification? So my path is a little bit different. So I actually went through a residency in dairy production medicine. It was one of the first residencies in uh, dairy medicine through ABVP. Um, so that allowed me to uh, uh, obtain the, the diplomat status. Um, but my thought process, again, is just to demonstrate my excellence in the species specific area. So I really just want to be the, as, as good a dairy practitioner as possible. Um, and that's, that's really where, and that's where most of us are all, that's why we're there. So we want to, again, show that we're as good as possible in the group of animals that we work with. That makes a lot of sense. I think that that would be the motivation between, or for a lot of people wanting to pursue board certification is to be the best that we can possibly be. And I think, you know, and, and we'll, we can talk more about this, but that a lot of it also opens up different pathways and opens up doors for us. So for me, having that ABVP diplomate status has allowed me to do the career that I'm in now in academic practice. It'll open up doors for me when I was looking at industry practice as well as, as companies, as universities look at hiring the best people possible, ABVP diplomates rise to the, that, that level. And that opens up other doors that, that potentially we never thought of. That uh, That's a Perfect segue into my next question, which is how has being board certified helped you in practice? What kind of benefits have you personally seen? ABVP diplomat status has meant everything to me in my, my career. Um, without it, uh, I wouldn't have obtained what I, what I have today. So it opened up my uh, pathway into industry practice. Uh, it's what they were looking for when I, when I looked for that job. And it allowed me to come back to academic practice I'm now in uh, if, as they were looking for the job uh, description needed to be uh, boarded in a specialty. Um, and at least that, that was a, a major requirement. So ABVP fit those requirements and opened up that, that pathway for me. So I have everything to, to ready to thank ABVP for getting me where I am now. So you've certainly seen the benefits of becoming board certified in, in practice. Definitely, it's opening up this pathway for me. And we've, we've talked about it for, our, for folks to stay in private practice. It opens up, um, gives them maybe pathways into consulting and those type of things, but also it just allows them to demonstrate their excellence. And we're not looking for definitely for financial gain, but I think there's a, that opportunity that demonstrates that they are 
as good a practitioner as possible. And when folks are looking for new veterinarians or looking to, to bring their animals to veterinarians, that stands out as, a, as an excellent practitioner that they can know. And I think, you know, and by being an excellent practitioner, that can potentially translate into a very successful financially, uh, financially successful practitioner as well. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there as far as people wanting to take their pets to the best veterinarian possible. And we know that with the rise of the internet, there's a lot of people out there doing research and trying to learn about different things on their own. And so it would make sense that being board certified in something would potentially be an appeal to people looking for a veterinarian. Excellent. Exactly. With the, with the rise of the internet, like you said, uh, folks are out there, they're investigating, they're, they're trying to learn the best possible treatments for their animals and trying to find the best possible veterinarians to take their animals to. Um, at least a, a large portion of the population is at least. So I think we fit the bill for that and allows them to know, okay, if they're going to an ABVP diplomate, they know they're getting somebody who's demonstrated excellence in, in uh, general practice uh, in that species group, whether it's the dog, for the cat, for their bird, we do it all. Can you become board certified in multiple disciplines? Yes, you can become. So we have 11 different disciplines within uh, ABVP, and we have one uh, guy that I know that's actually a specialist in four different oh of those specialties. So uh, <laughs> not most of us just do one, but we have uh, many that have done two and several of them have three, and then the one that I know of that's done four. Wow. Wow. So then, yeah, I could see that just benefiting across the board if you if you could manage to be board certified. It's in a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot <laughs> they can, of work. They can it's do a it. lot yeah. of work, yeah. yes. Uh, so this, my next question is to, to talk about how to become board certified. I know I've looked into this a little bit myself and the credentialing process can seem a little bit daunting. So can you uh, kind of help us walk walk through the path? How, how does one as a general practitioner become board certified? So what we primarily look for is that you've been in practice for at least five years before you start the application process. And so by the time you actually sit for the exam, it's probably, you've probably been in practice six years. Um, with that, you also have to have two case reports or one case report and one um, board, um, peer-reviewed paper that's been approved um, and accepted in a, in a journal. So those kind of the, the major requirements. Um, but in the past, we have not done a good job of connecting with our applicants and helping them through that process. It's been out there. Uh, this is what you need to get accomplished, but we haven't done a good job probably of, of helping lead them through that pathway. And that's someone where we're really excited to be teaming with Vetfolio to kind of make that connection, try to help provide information to those applicants to help them through that process and, and uh, avoid the pitfalls. And when they have questions, kind of answer that for them. That's that's great. And I'm so glad you touched on Vetfolio. Uh, currently, Vetfolio is in the process of releasing a course specifically designed to help veterinarians help guide them through the first two steps of becoming a diplomate of ABVP. Looking at the ABVP, it's been a little while since I've been to the website. I was having babies and my priority was no longer on, on looking into this. But now um, it's back kind of forefront in my mind again. So I, you know, how do how do I select the cases to write a case report on? I know there's a mentorship option yeah. and, and a lot of this will be available on the Vetfolio course. Yes. But to hear it um, from you would be so great. Good, again, the, the good start is the ABVP.com um, that gets you on the, on the home screen and kind of gets you at least providing some information. Um, Vetfolio is helping us out a lot. We're developing that. And a big part is also now we're developing a mentorship program. So actually, as folks uh, 
put their applications in or demonstrate that they're interested in applying, then we can actually provide them with a mentor that's actually an ABVP diplomate that kind of help them through the process, talk to them about case report selection and those type of things. Because usually it's the case report that people get scared about the most. And we try to really encourage that case reports, while they're difficult, they're not something to be totally freaked out about, (laughs) to put it mildly. Um, They're just demonstrating how you manage cases. So you're talking about how you manage that case all the way through. It doesn't have to be a weird case. It doesn't have to be a really rare case. It just needs to be a case that you came in, did the proper diagnostics, you chose the proper test. You can demonstrate why you chose those tests and how you came up with your their differential diagnosis plan or list, and then how you came up with your your final diagnosis and and what your treatment plans were. And then potentially a a follow-up of of how the case resolved. And this is more just from a a personal standpoint, because I have a a case that I'm thinking of right now, just a fantastic client who was just stood with us, stood in it the whole way of the diagnostics that we worked up. Um, And it looks like it's ultimately going to end in referral. Is that something that would be usable or you want something generally that's managed in-house? It would probably be help to be managed in-house. That would be something to to kind of work through with your mentor. Um, If you could kind of follow it to the to the referral. I could probably do you know, that. And kind of talk about say, what you recommended was to do this, mm-hmm. but you don't provide that surgery or, or something like that. Well, that's still part of the, the plan. Sure. So, um, okay. I think, you know, so it, and ideally it's one you handle all the way through. Right. That makes it that a little makes easier. Sense. Um, but there are things we also talk about. So diagnostically, sometimes folks that want to pay for the diagnostic test mm-hmm. that you want to do, um, potentially your clinic might absorb some of the bill, but not everybody wants to do that. Right. And so you, if you can justify this is the test you wanted to run, but clients said no, and this is why it would have been a big major benefit for you to be able to run that test mm-hmm. or tests, um, that's an important part of it. So be able to explain the potential deficiencies in, okay. that, in that case well. So, and, you know, and, you know, so it's not always, again, they're not really rare cases or anything like that. And like for me, my, my two case reports, one was like Yoni's disease workup in a herd. Now I work through a Yoni's disease problem. Okay. Uh, and I heard one was a, a staph aureus mastitis herd issue. So I worked out how I... Not how uncommon. I, not uncommon. Right. And it's just, it's doing, it's, it's kind of, you know, the old the old saying, but doing the common things uncommonly well. Okay. Okay. You know, that's so that's really what I think, again, what we think about as being an ABV, ABVP diplomat is that we do the common things uncommonly well. I like that. I like that. That seems like a good way of pulling it all together yeah, explaining exactly. explaining yeah. what it is that and, you do. and i think we're going to do a better job of, of that mentorship program of really making that connection to our applicants whereas sometimes in the past the applicants felt they were just out there in the, the hinterlands right. kind of hopefully doing the right thing and hopefully they get accepted to, to sit for the exam but not knowing exactly so we're really trying to get that one-on-one interaction between our applicants and the diplomat that can help lead through that process i've done that somewhat uh informal basis anyway in the past because there aren't a lot of dairy folks going through so it's a lot easier to make that connection right um so i just you know people call me up as the dairy region and say hey what do you think about this case or can you look over my case report and give give me some some hints about how to write a better case report where the weak spots here that maybe i should go back and do some more work on i could see that just being very valuable i mean like you said to a lot of cases do have pitfall pitfalls yeah. because a client doesn't want to do yeah. a diagnostic or something didn't go the way that you wanted it to or something like that. And so to have somebody that you can go to and say, 
how how do I how do I put this in here because yeah. it's the fact of the case? Yeah. Uh, but how do I still make it an acceptable case report and walking you through that process? I, yeah, rather than you know being out on their own or whatever. And then an interesting thing and part of I think all the specialties are going this way. We were the first one out of all the specialty groups to always demand uh, main, maintenance of certification. So every ten years, you have to demonstrate and go through the process. Not totally go through the process again, but basically have to demonstrate again that you've maintained your excellence. Okay. And there are a lot of different ways that we've tried to, to simplify that process where most all specialty groups are moving to that now, but we were doing that from the beginning. Okay. So it's not something you pass it once and you say, okay, I'm, I'm done. Mate, away I go. We want to demonstrate that you're excellent throughout your career. And that's always something that we've, we've been very strong about. We've, we've stood behind and, uh, Again, we're trying to make that a little, a little slightly easier or more simplified for our, okay. our, applicant, or our, our uh, diplomates so they can maintain their certification. Used to be you actually have to sit, sit for the exam um, every 10 years. Oh, gosh. So so that was tough on, on folks, but there, sure. there are a lot of different alternative pathways now. Okay. Okay. Kind of like doing the residency versus doing, exactly. uh, you know, making exactly. it a, a flexible and usable thing for all practitioners. Yeah. 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 You got to recognize, again, we're, we're there for the practitioner. And that's really our focus. I, I, I came through a residency, but our really our focus is is the practitioner, and that's what, who we want to represent and who we want to be have part of our, our group is giving that practitioner that's an excellent practitioner a way to demonstrate their excellence. And I like the fact that you uh, keep hitting on demonstrating excellence because I I personally I really enjoy being a general practitioner. Exactly. And but I do want to be the best general practitioner that I can be. So having kind of a structured way to obtain a whole lot of information, all of which I want, and then transfer that into my case management is exactly what I want. You're just the person we're looking for. Fantastic. Hopefully we can get you there. That sounds good to me. I would love to. I was also a little encouraged when you said, okay, so you're five years out and then you're six years when you sit for the exam. I'm like, I can do it in a year? Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It feels so much longer, but... Yeah, it looks, I mean, it's the, the case reports are, you know, I think what, what most people get worried about. Yes. But, uh, but it just takes takes a little bit of a writing time and, and help, you know, we can help you out with that. And then and then it's like the, and then you have to do some studying as well, but it's just going back. If you're doing good quality practice, I mean, that's that's your study every day. Is you're, you're getting those cases and you're thinking, well, I can't remember exactly. Let me dig into the physiology of this. Let me think into the pathophysiology of this. And that's what, how you learn. And that's how you, you kind of build up that that uh, database that helps you in the exam. Too. That makes now, sense. you go back and still review some as well. The sure. Studies probably should, you know, like all of us, we should say we should study in you know, like 15 to 30 minutes a night or something like that. Um, again, we recognize this for a general practitioner. Sometimes that's really tough. Right. right. Um, but if you're doing high quality practice day in and day out, you're going to be pretty well prepared. That's that's good to know. And then at, does, if, you know, if you're going through ABVP and you're trying to acquire this information, does ABVP have specific resources if you wanted to dig into the pathophys of something? So we, we each RVS or species kind of group, um, the regent will help identify uh, recommended resources. Okay. So textbooks okay. or whatever. Okay. Uh, to help with, with that study process. Good so to obviously know. it's going to be a little different between dairy and avian, but right. you know, but still that, that region is going to be really involved in helping to, to kind of get a reading list and, and study materials that, that you can go try to help find. And some of it's also going to be journal articles and uh, really important journal articles. I always love, uh, for me, veterinary clinics in North America, those mm-hmm. type of things are really good, good resources as well. Okay. 
that's, I know that's been something I've struggled with from time to time of where's the best place to get this information. Yeah. So again, going back to the mentorship yes, aspect exactly. of it to be able to say, hey, I really need more information. And on that's where we're really trying like, to do a much better job. And we, you know, we've done a good job in the past, but we can always be better. Right. And, right. you know, teaming with Vetfolio is hopefully going to be a part of that as well. Yes. Yes. I'm excited for the course just to kind of walk people through it and give people good resources to, to reach out and find mentors and get started walking through the process. Yeah, exactly. Just got to take that first step. That's, right. what, that's always the, the tough thing. It's, 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 not with it's always, it's always scary to take that first step. But then once you take that first step, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun process. So as we're speaking about resources for people to either work their way through the uh, credentialing process or get ready for the exam. I also know that NEVC has a great preparation tool, the ABVP exam prep course. So another great resource that NAVC has um, partnered with ABVP on, and, and we looked at NAVC as a, as a definitely a, a future partner and a partner for the future, um, is our examination prep course, uh, ABVP examining prep course that allows folks to think about what the exam, because they actually, I want to get credentialed, then they have to sit for the exam. So then do they know the information that they need to know for the exams? This hopefully will help them also feel comfortable that they are well prepared for the exam in addition to also already being credentialed. And practicing high quality medicine. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's just, it's another tool to help them in, in that process. So I think it's not, you know, not everybody takes it, uh, but it's definitely if you, you think you need that little extra little bit and just want to test yourself and then hopefully uh, demonstrate to yourself that you, you're, dem you're studying the right things and, and kind of focusing on the right things, I think it maybe helps out. So, Dr. Townsend, thank you so much for joining me today. You've taught us so much about the ABVP board certification. I know I personally had a lot of questions in my head as far as, you know, what it is and does it make sense and why do you do it? And I feel like you've given me a lot of clarity on those points. So I just really appreciate you joining us today. And I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you, Cassie. I really appreciate the opportunity. And ABVP is really thanks you for the opportunity as well. Now let's talk about the how. How does one become board certified? Currently, Vetfolio is in the process of releasing a course specifically designed to help guide veterinarians through the first two steps of becoming a diplomate of the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners. To become a diplomate, candidates must complete the credentialing process, then sit and pass the certification examination. The credentialing process can be complex, so the course is designed to help guide you through the components and help with any barriers you may encounter. Once credentialing is complete, candidates can sit for the certification examination. So if you're considering board certification through ABVP, be sure to check it out to help guide you along the way. Dr. Townsend, thank you again for joining me at VMX. You taught us so much about what it means to be ABVP board certified. I really hope we get the opportunity to talk again soon. Thank you everyone listening for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our talk and took away some good information. Please check out the ABVP credentialing course on Vetfolio. Hopefully it'll be a helpful guide on the journey to becoming ABVP board certified. If you'd like to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com, as well as on Facebook at Dr. Cassie DVM and also on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.